Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. That's one of the most sobering things is the Laker game. That play that Clay made where he went behind his back to Looney and just it was basically a, a, a outlet pass for a Laker fast break. Remember that? Yeah. Those are the plays that are make you go, my goodness, when your best players with that championship pedigree, when they're making dumb plays, it's hard to know what this team really is because that's one thing you should be able to count on. So it's a struggle right now, but uh, maybe they're turning the corner a little bit uh, or at least keeping the car on on the road after last night. 888 It's John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors this week here on a Saturday on 95.7 The Game. Xfinity Mobile text line. Who cares if they are better? They showed no passion going back to to the Laker game, and I I think that's a fair point. Yes, it is. And and that you know the Warriors practiced two consecutive days in Los Angeles, coming out of the break on on Tuesday and Wednesday, leading up to the game on on Thursday, and there was a lot of discussion, as there often is for a team that's having a, a disappointing season compared to expectations, and I think it's more than fair to say the Warriors are having a disappointing season compared to expectations. That that is an obvious point, but there was a lot of discussion about it, hey, things are going to change, and it's go time, and that urgency. The, thing. the urgency yeah. is there with at that, at that point, yeah. twenty four games to go, and then they were flat. Even Kerr said there they was were a, flat. Like said, there was no urgency last night, and we need it. Yeah, and so, so there was fair the, point. There was the discussion about it, and then it just it just didn't happen. And I think you know another part of that is also Jordan Poole's just been bad. Like Jordan Poole has been bad of late and there's been an expectation that pool now being somebody that's going to be an average 30 million dollar a year player isn't yet kicks in next year but that that jordan pool was going to be able to play at a much higher level than he has he he's had a down year he's had a lot of high moments which have helped the warriors win games He's been a part of the ten and twelve without Steph. But his a overall major are, part of yeah, it. Yeah. But his overall numbers are not wow. good. Yeah. And and I think he is playing significantly worse in this stretch without Steph and without Wiggins than he did in that last stretch of December and early January when when Steph and Wiggins were both out. And he was on a lot of nights struggling down the stretch in some of these games and some critical turnovers and everybody was the hand wringing over that was falling down. Yeah, yeah. Right. All of that. But he was also filling it up 28 a night with, with Steph out in a lot of those games and really helping them win a lot of those games that they were winning. 
he's been really bad by comparison during this most recent six, seven game stretch with without Steph and then Wiggins to boot. And I think that's part of that frustration is hey, Jordan Poole got paid. He's got to up his game. And I've been, believe it or not, Whitey, I've been called a uh, Jordan Poole apologist, which is funny really? because I, I, there's been such a shift. There's been such a shift because, and, and the thing that I've tried to bring to the table on that is, like, I never, I never thought Jordan Poole was was an all star player. Like, he developed into a sixth man. He he was such a big part of things last year, com, you know, combined with the timing of when he's due to get paid in in the NBA collective bargaining agreement. It meant hey, he was going to have to get paid a lot of money, and he had earned that based on how he played last year. And the Warriors granted it to him, but but. And maybe some view, and I think it's a fair view if you do, that hey, once you become a thirty million dollar player, you gotta be an all-star. You gotta be trending toward being an all-star. But I, I never thought Jordan Poole was going to be an all-star or a superstar. But I also think he still has been a useful player for the Warriors and a needed player if Clay Thompson wasn't going to be playing back to backs. Last night was a back to back, which may be the most impressive yes, part of Clay's yeah, game, by yes, the way. Yes. More on that coming up. But but Poole's had an underwhelming season when you look at it top to bottom. If there is anybody else out there in the league who thinks he can be a superstar, I'd be very interested in discussing uh, a deal involving him with them in this offseason. I, I agree with you on that. Don't you think that for a lot of fans, the assumption is, and, and it's not totally unreasonable, the assumption would be, all right, Curry's out. This is Poole's time. He doesn't like coming off the bench, and now he's the focal point and so we're going to see him go off as we've seen him in the past. And instead, in recent games, it's like he's not all there or something. And then I know some people will want to say, well, it has something to do with a punch. Yeah, at this point, really, I, I, I don't think so. He's just, and I've said this, J.D., I, he's just very erratic. He's up, he's down. I don't, there's times when it looks like he's not totally focused. And, you know, I'm, I, I say that in part because we remember Curry yelling at him, you know, lock the F in. Um, last night they were able to overcome that, but it's just another one of these head scratching aspects of this warrior team. This is Jordan Poole's situation. We need you now. Do you take over? And he just he can't make a shot. Right, and and I think some of it is the defensive attention. Yeah, now a great point. With, great with, point. With teams really trying to to get physical with him and making him more of a focal point yeah. of the game plan with Curry out. Like I think part of Poole's success has been Curry. In a lot of ways. I mean, you look at when he really burst onto the scene last year, he was starting with Curry. He w- he was you know, the, the backup one, basically, but he was starting games for Clay with Curry, and that got his season off. If The other part that's changed has been that, that small lineup that played so well initially last year and in the playoffs and in the Denver series with Poole in the in the starting lineup and Draymond at center and, and Wiggins moving to the floor and Steph and Clay playing with Poole. That lineup is just not it, it's it seemed almost at times as if Poole and Clay, and I think we saw this last night, almost like Poole and Clay are in some ways figuratively fighting each other for uh supremacy in the offense mm-hmm. like who's gonna how, how who's gonna get their shots where and if clay's gonna get this shot then pool's not and mm-hmm. it just there's been a it's dysfunction there's, yeah there's yeah. been a dysfunction uh, to, to the offense i think is a good word in in that vein where it just hasn't connected the other thing about that and i know we, we want to get to some calls here xfinity mobile text line 
the Warriors going small, going way back when, you can go even back to when Don Nelson kind of introduced it. The, the benefit of going small, as you know, J.D., as most people know, is uh, you, know, you create mismatches. The Warriors right now don't have a lot of choice, right? I mean, it's not like we're going to go big now. I mean, they can go a little bigger, but they don't have the option of going much bigger. So all of a sudden, going small, it's not like, ha, watch what we do to the other teams. like we don't have a choice. So you're not creating the mismatches. In some ways, you are at a mismatch against a bigger team. So this this going small, which seemed to be ahead of the curve a, a few years ago, now it's like the Warriors don't have any other option, and other teams have, have adjusted to it. 888-957-9570. Let's get to Adam in Fremont here as uh, he tips us off on Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Adam? Adam. What's up, J.D.? Um, I was just thinking, I said, what if the Warriors are purposely just hovering around that 500 mark in order to throw off the entire league? And then when it comes to playoff time, play-in time, they really put everybody on notice and show the rest of the league who they really are. Because I just find it really hard to understand that just last season, just six months ago, they were the second-best defensive team in the entire league. And I totally understand that players descend over time, but it's only been six months, not, not even six months since they played the best defense, second best defense in the league to almost the worst. What if they're just doing all this to, to throw off the entire league and then come <laughs> playoff time, they show their true colors and they end up winning the NBA finals? Th- thanks, Adam. Appreciate the call. I, 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 don't, think, I don't think that's what's going on. I, I I do think there has been some selective competitiveness defensively at the beginning of the year. I I just think they I've said this a ton. They they wanted to coast at the beginning of the year. I think they look at a league in which defense, especially in the regular season, is optional on most nights. There was maybe the game last night in the NBA that exuded wow. that over any other uh, between Sacramento and and the Clippers, which. The Kings won 176 to 175 in double overtime. It was 153 apiece going into the first overtime That's at the incredible. end of regulation. Wound up being the second most points scored in any NBA game in NBA history. And the Warriors, I think, it's it's not, they're not sandbagging. They're no. not they're not sandbagging. They would love to be, and I think they feel they should be if they had been a little better in some close games. A team that is six, eight games over five hundred right now, with three or four more wins, and and right in that mix for three and and four in the Western Conference with some of those teams like Sacramento and Phoenix and and, and the Clippers, and so I think at the beginning of the year the veterans set the bad tone for the defense because I think they regular season championship hangover. We want to win some games with our offense. We're a pretty good offensive team. I think that was the mindset going in. I think the young players playing a lot more at the beginning hurt the defense because they're just not as viable defense. You know, Wiseman playing a lot at mm-hmm. the beginning hurts your defense. Uh, and, and I think also losing Gary Payton the second and Otto Porter hurt the defense, especially Gary yes. Payton the second, who really was in the time he was on the floor, somebody he was like having a shutdown corner, right? You just yeah. you shut down one side of the field. And then everybody else can kind of float around and, and schematically attack the rest of, of the players on the floor. And and the other, kind of the last thing to it, 
and this is where, look, we were just joking about Sacramento. Mike Brown now was the head coach of the, the Kings. He was the defensive coordinator for the Warriors last year. The Kings play no defense. And by his own admission. Like, they play no. He will tell so, you that. Like, Mike yeah. Brown has not gone. Mike Brown's probably the coach of the year in the NBA, and they're having an unbelievable season right now. But he is the la- he has not fixed their de- if, if anything their defense is worse than than it's been and it's been r- historically bad over the last few years so defense isn't it for them but it what it when you he was a huge part of the warriors defense with some better defensive talent and and the individual schemes yeah. based on opponent and night the warriors really took the regular season seriously last year and and had something to prove, and I think that was a big part of why they were so good defensively last year, and and why they really aren't coming off of this year. And Wiggins was better last year too. That's a no doubt footnote I'd add to that. No doubt, and yeah. Wiggins was available last year. Right, right. Like that, like you're right. Wiggins was better and more available, which I think both of those things uh, come into play. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It's John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here on Warriors this week at ninety five seven. The game. A few people have questioned. We are having some technical difficulties today with the YouTube and Twitch stream, so it doesn't sound like we're going to be able to have that up and running for today. It's been awesome being able to video yeah. stream and be on YouTube and Twitch this season. Apologies. But, uh, yeah, apologies for that. Uh, nobody's fault or anything. It's just uh, it not able to be done today. So yeah, for those that like to watch us here in the studio, what's going on, John? What's going on, Big John? We got Big John Luke in here today. You can blame me. Just I'll fall no, on that no, sword. No, you can no, blame no, me. No, 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 absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's what I'm here for. No, 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 no. No, I'm not. We're not going down that road, John. Nope. I'm not. Not. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Uh, you want to get Mitch? Let's get Mitch in New Jersey in here before we take our first break of the show. What's going on, Mitch? Hey, Mitch. Hey, how are you guys? Hope you're enjoying the weather. Yeah, not too bad. First time seeing snow up here, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a lot a of bit. yeah. There are have been some snow in some odd places, yeah. no question. Yeah, snow in the Hollywood sign. That is a uh, it can't could be my ears. Yeah. Um, boy, imagine when Wiggins and Curry uh, comes back. I guess uh, Kaminga is not to sit, sit down. Even um, cool, but you still you still quite deep there. But I want to. I'm glad to see Kaminga playing. Starting, you want to get stay big. Yeah, throwing green there too, and just rotate uh, Clay, Paul, and I'm forgetting a, a third guy. Well, I like to see more Moody. But would you say this conference playoffs Qatar is going to be really tough because the LA teams got bigger and better? Uh, what do you think? And um, how far do you think the uh, Warriors can go? Well, who who even going to win it? Well, that's what I'm trying to ask. Appreciate it. I think Phoenix. If I had to say right now, I think Phoenix is coming out of the West, and I I would still lean Boston. Although Milwaukee's going to have something to say. They've won thirteen in a row, and they've basically tied Boston. I think yeah. they're a half game behind Boston. Giannis hurt his knee last night, but it looks like he banged it. So hopefully that's that's going to work out. Yeah, no doubt. And we'll see the Bucks in a couple of weeks here at at, at Chase. But no, I I think no, I, I think. The West is underwhelming, top to bottom. I, there are like, Phoenix is better. The Clippers project to be better, although they may have negated some of that by getting Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I still like Denver, I think, more than you do, but Denver-Phoenix, I think, pretty clearly. Yeah. If if Phoenix can keep everybody on the floor, which with Chris Paul you know, and, and KD the last few years, we'll see. But I think those are the two top teams. And, and the way the Warriors have played this year, to me, there's pretty clearly a gap there. Now, playoffs, we know things can change, and the Warriors showed last year they can pick it up a notch. You get GP2 back. 
maybe, but right now it's pretty clear to me there's there's probably a gap there. And and Memphis is a bunch of frauds. So to me, it's Denver and uh, Phoenix in the West, and then there's a gap, and the Warriors are they're not in that upper tier. Nowhere and, near and it. There are some beatable teams, though, in the Western Conference. Yeah. We'll, we'll kind of get into that, even though there are some that are better since the trade deadline. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. Kevin and Will will get to you right out of the shoot. Coming back here, 888-957-9570. It's Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. Jordan Poole, right side, Thompson off a Kaminga pick. Wide open three. Nice job by both involved, and it's 54-43 as Clay Thompson hits another one. Now in the four threes, he has 16 first-half points. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Historic night for Clay Thompson. The most points ever scored, Whitey, in an NBA game for a player that didn't make a two-point basket. Wow. Kind of a random one. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, that was a very odd-looking box score. That's yeah. Cool. Clay Thompson last night, 0 for 2 on twos and 12 of 17 on threes. But efficient nevertheless, when you score 42 points on, on 19 shots, that's that's pretty damn good. And it was a vintage Clay game. Warriors beat the Rockets 116 to 101. Wasn't always pretty. Kind of doing a Warrior reality check Saturday here on Warriors this week. 888-957-9570. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. Xfinity Mobile text line open as well. But as promised, Whitey, let's get back to the phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin in Pleasanton, we appreciate you holding through the break. You're uh, you're on here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Kevin? Hey, Kev. Hey, guys. Um, I, I don't want really to blame just one player. I, I, I kind of counter when you guys were kind of saying it's pool. For everything you're saying that Poole did bad or whatever, I can say Draymond doesn't even look to score. So my thing is, is the culture, and Kerr created the culture. And Draymond said it in his podcast, and I, you can't dismiss the punch. Draymond said that he knows that he hurt the team. He hurt the team's culture. He said that is why they're playing bad. And I, and I liken this to say, J.D., if you hit Whitey, and Whitey was 20 years old, and you're whatever age you are, and you, you hit Whitey, and then your boss came the next day and said, hey, nothing's going to happen to you. And then, and then Whitey had to come onto the show and still work with you? Yeah, it's a tough... a little animosity. It, it's a tough situation, and, and thanks for the call. Look, I, I do think, and, and the context, to, to add more to what Draymond JD said... JD would probably get a raise if he punched and this, me. No, way, that's but. absolutely not true. That's absolutely not true. If I could get raises for punt, well, I'm not going to go there. Let's say if I could get raises for doing that, I better be careful. Hi. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (laughs) Not on this show, but... That's uh, an interesting point Kevin raises. Gosh. Yeah. I'm, I just got lost there for a second. Yeah, that's my fault. That's my yeah, bad. Don't, don't do that to me. Wyatt. My bad. Don't don't do that to me. I was day drinking. Um, no, not guru either. No, no, not guru either. Uh, By but, the way, I don't think we were blaming Pool. We weren't singling no, out Pool. No, but we were pointing out that he's not playing well. Well, well no, and what we're doing is dissecting. And I I want to come back to the culture and the punch. Yes, yes. as well. But I think what we're doing is dissecting. Just why the Warriors are in the position they are at at thirty and thirty, and and some of the things that are frustrating for the fans to this point as they try to hold it together. And you know, I think Jordan Poole, the good and the bad, has been a part of it. No, I'm not putting it all on Poole. I mean, there's been a lot of you know, Clay Thompson was awful for the first month plus of the season. It, you know, it's what like people don't want to say that you know the, the younger players being unable to contribute at the beginning was a big part of it. You know, unable to contribute at all. And so you know, a lot of Warrior fans would say, well, that's on the cur. That's on the develop you know, the, the lack of development or contribution for young players that I think I think the Warrior fan base at times is overvalued, frankly. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 ta- you know, what could be provided at this stage from some of these players. And I think the fact that they haven't played as much over time has only led to the misconception that they could contribute more if they had been playing. Whereas if they had been playing, everybody would know they can't play. And, and but but because it was so bad at the beginning, the Warriors you know went away from those guys and then started winning and then you almost keep the perception up that they can be more of a factor later on. You're protecting them in a sense. And so I, I think that has fed into its own thing. But to go back to the culture and the punch uh, you know, in the context of which Draymond had had said that was that that his voice he wasn't able because of the punch and the awkwardness and everything his voice just didn't carry weight or he didn't feel comfortable speaking to the team in ways that he was able to speak to the team in the past because the punch had created this this oh you know uh, around everything which I think was which I think is fair and I, I do think there there has just been bad vibes around the Warriors I feel like almost all season and I do think part of it goes back to to the punch bad vibes mixed in with the oh Clay had 42 and and Steph had 50 and like there's still been those individual games mixed into all of this but top to bottom the vibes have been just kind of all year 
I think the punch made those vibes worse, but I suspect they were already there. Well, they were. See, it, it, maybe, maybe, but it it didn't seem that way. Yeah, coming off of the championship, and maybe it yeah. would have gotten to that point because this team isn't as good I as also, last year's team was. I think there was a belief that this team was just going to be better. The young players are going to be. They're going to fill the void of the veterans that they lost, and this team is just going to. They're going to be better. Even at their worst, they're going to be 10 games over 500 right now, and it just hasn't worked out, and the punch then comes in, and that exasperates everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me say this to Kevin's point. Kevin may be right. I, I, I think what he was alluding to, I had said at this point, you know, Jordan Poole's struggling with his shot a little bit, and to say that, well, it's because of the punch, I, I don't buy that. I, I can't imagine how difficult that, difficult that was for everybody, and I could be totally wrong. But at this point, he's not shooting well. At this point of the season, well, it's because of the punch. I, I have a hard time buying that. Maybe I'm wrong. There's also this. I wonder, you know, as we look at Iguodala's role, and I'm trying to figure out the timeline. We touched on this yesterday when I was on with Larry. Is it possible, J.D., one of the reasons the Warriors wanted Iguodala back so badly is because they knew that with some of the issues that were going on and some of the things that were made worse by the punch that they thought he might be able to help with some of that in the locker room? I think possibly. I, I think they, they in wanted— In addition to him on the court. I think they wanted—I think they basically wanted him to be a coach during the regular season and a player in the playoffs. Like I, I think that's— that's the ideal situation. I think they what they were hoping as far as a playing standpoint was the Igadala that they had in the first 30 games last year, maybe for the last 15 games of this year plus the playoffs. Right. I think and and maybe that's a, a tough ask and and Igadala didn't always in the offseason seem committed to even wanting to play, which right. I think is a little bit of a tell. Exactly. And and it's like it it felt as if Igadala all right, guys, I'll do it. Yeah, if you're really to gonna pay it. me, if you really yes. are gonna pay me to do it, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And so, so he did. And then, I mean, he gets out there and he he can only play a couple of games. And you know, I, I wonder. And I know Iguodala was going through, I think, sprints and all that at at the practices in Los Angeles of of late. And it looks like he's still ramping up toward maybe being a factor at some point. I, I wonder if they get to a point with Iguodala at the end of the year where he just isn't. A factor, and and maybe they look to do something with his roster spot. Mm -hmm. I, I I wonder about that. Yeah, but he is somebody that you'd want to at least have the option to play. I feel like in the playoffs in some matchups, but we'll have to see on that. Yeah, and they got to make a decision. Looks like here on Jerome or Lamb too coming up here. Uh, Will and Berkeley is next here on Warriors this week. Eight at eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. Hey, Will. Hey, so cold out here, guys. <laughs> um. I, I think it, it is about development, but I think it's a different sort of play, play, uh, take on it. You know, you have player development where you kind of work on their skill set. But then if you think about it, Poole is 23 years old. And when Jordan was in his championship uh, era, he was 28. So I don't think you can really teach, you know, development, mental development or whatever you want to call it for a 23-year-old. And so when when he was winning those championships, when he won the championship with with Clay and Steph and Dre, he was surrounded by a lot of this championship DNA. I don't think he's ready for the moment by himself, or he's ready to take the ball and run with it. So I think he needs to work on some of that 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 development in terms of what a 23 year old. I mean, I remember when I was 23, I wasn't ready for to take over a team of folks, you know, in my office. I, I needed somebody to tell me how to really you know, develop those skills, and I did later on in life. So, 
Yeah, appreciate the call, Will. Good mm-hmm. stuff there. Yeah, uh, it could be that we, uh, I think you may have alluded to this, J.D., some of the expectations for Jordan Poole at this point may be out of whack just because somebody gets a big contract, which he earned. That doesn't mean that he becomes better just by virtue of, all right, you're getting paid now, so boom, become the leader we need you to be. Yeah, I I think that is part of it is the when you get paid, it's you're getting paid to be, you know, once you have that number attached to you, there's, I mean, ask Andrew Wiggins about that. You know, number one pick, got his max contract at a very young age with a, a franchise that for the most part have been dysfunctional. Hey, there's an expectation of you're going to be a, a carrier. And I think there there is, and, and I think this goes to the lottery picks as well as pool, but there is among the fan base, there's this sense of, hey, guys have to take their back seat to the championship core stars when the championship core stars are here. But also, if those guys are not playing well or unavailable due to injury, that's when you got to step up and be awesome. Mm-hmm. And and that's just a hard box to fit your game in. It's, it's hey, be, be a super sub-six man when everybody's healthy and fit into that role, but dominate like you're an all-star and play like Steph Jr. when he's out. Like, it just, that's... You can't have that be your your expectation and then be completely frustrated when it when it isn't met. Jordan Poole has a way that he plays and has always played, and he's made the most of uh, his his skills to this point. When it looked like he wasn't an NBA player, to me, there are still essential parts of being Jordan Poole that don't necessarily mesh well with the way the Warriors do things. And I think as long as he's part of the team, there are going to be issues, little things. Last night, there was the issue, and this is just a little thing, but I think it's a symptom of something something larger. Who's going to shoot the free throw? And it's like, Poole's going to shoot it, and Clay's like, Clay joked about it. It's like, no, I'm shooting the free throw, uh, young'un. Um, you know, I know last year it was you, but I'm going to do that. And as you mentioned, it looked like there was a little dysfunction on, on the floor last night between the two of them offensively. And the fact that Poole doesn't defend well, and you, that's <laughs> that comes first with the Warriors. So I, I think that's part of the reason this year there's been a little bit of the dysfunction. I'm not blaming all of it on Jordan Poole, but I just think as long as he's part of the Warriors have been trying to fit him into their culture, and he's been trying to fit himself into the way they do things. It was successful last year, but to my eye this year, it's kind of been an ongoing process. Sometimes it clicks, and other times it's just they're not the two of them aren't in sync. Look, I, I said this at the time. I, I thought that that you know Jordan Poole does have a sense of, hey, I've arrived in this league. Like he there is a cockiness to to his his game, which I think could be grading to other players on the roster especially players that know and and I'll use Clay Thompson as an example. You know, Clay Thompson the best two-way two guard in the league coming up, you know, 3-4 years into his career, right? Like could fill it up offensively like he did last night, could could defend twos, could defend point guards at an extremely high level, eventually gets paid in the league. You know, how how does he championship player gutsy clutch all of these things had to be willing to take a back seat a time or two or yeah. seven and you could say that about all of them and I think they all look at him and and wonder is he willing to do the type of things that we went through to be it, a championship team exactly how run? how does a player like yeah. that view somebody that at times just is a sieve defensively right. and looks like he hey I'm cool I got my money already I'm already a champion 
light work and and I don't yep. have to do these other things. So I I can see where that could be frustrating at times, especially with some of the turnovers and the bad play. Like Jordan Poole's bad plays are really bad. Like I think he's a good player, but his bad mm-hmm. is ugh yeah. bad. Yeah, and and can be grading. And so I think it graded Clay at times where there'd been a little bit of friction. I think it graded Draymond at times. Uh, you know, especially so. with with a young player that yeah. that that isn't afraid to talk the talk, but doesn't always back it up in ways that for a championship level team it needs to be backed up. I think it's my guess is it's an issue, but I think they all recognize he's so talented that it's worth continuing to work on from everyone's perspective. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason here on ninety five seven The Game. Warriors win last night. They're 30 and 30. 17 times now, Whitey. Woohoo! 17 times they've been exactly 500. Yeah. <laughs> here, here we are again. Yeah. That's hard to do in, mm-hmm. in 60 games. Kind of reminds you of that playing year, doesn't it, in some ways? It does, although, you know, I've been going back and forth. I feel like this team is better than that team. And I I know the the numbers don't say it defensively. I think that was a top five defensive team all year. They really struggled offensively. Yeah, that was a very weird Kelly unique Oubre team. Year. Yeah, and they got better when Ubre didn't play. They got better when Wiseman stopped playing down the stretch after he got hurt on, on April the tenth. And then Steph came back, and and Steph was out of this world in the the back half of of that year, the final twenty games where mm-hmm. they where they went fifteen and five. And so I, I do though feel like this team is better they've got clay back and playing at a at a pretty high level i think wiggins is is in a you know if he can get back to where he was maybe last year he you know just he just that is an under you know wiggins is understated when when he's playing well i think not having him available has really hurt this warriors team in a lot of ways because they just don't have a lot of those playable two-way wings to begin with and so you take him out of the equation and immediately it's just you're just kind of overwhelmed in in today's nba you look really guard heavy even more guard heavy than you did yeah Yeah. and and that's that's one area where i think you do look small everybody Mm -hmm. talks about centers as what well well, those teams but but if you're big on the wing you can get away with being small on the interior even chenzo's been a starting forward the last two nights yeah, well, him or Clay. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's part of why the Warriors were there was such a discussion about mm-hmm. Clay Thompson's rebounding. I know we were kicking this around during the show. I, I think it's it's the fact that the Warriors know Clay's got to be maybe more of a three or a four even moving right. forward mm-hmm. in a lot of lineups because he doesn't defend the little guards the way that he used to, but still can be successful guarding bigger players and playing up the pecking order in terms of uh, positionally. But if you do that, you have to be able to rebound at a higher level. And and last night he did that. And at times I think he does get a little bit lost in, all I'm doing is taking my threes. And that's why PBJ is so enticing right now. It, it, He's got some legitimate yeah. size. Yeah, He does. Yeah. And, and we haven't talked about Patrick Baldwin Jr. as of yet, but uh, we're going to get to him coming up here on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. Vince next here in the city on Warriors this week. Hey, Vince, thanks Vince. for calling in. Thanks, guys. Um, so I got a question about how the G League squad is ran and coached in comparison to the actual Warriors team. Because it seems to me that the guys who are sent down to the G League kind of just go down there and they get their run. like It's like going to play pickup ball or something. And they're, 
they get back to the team, to the Warriors team, and they're no better than when they went to the G League team. I don't understand. Like, is there is there any kind of scheme or game planning that is coached that's supposed to run parallel to what the Warriors are trying to do with their NBA team? Because it would make sense to me to have my young guys learn that system, try to figure out how they can fit and play within that system so that way when they get there, they're ready to go instead of trying to learn on the fly at the, the highest level of basketball that can be played. Yeah, there's varying degrees to that. Uh, it, it's just really tough to do because the the teams don't own the rights to every player on every G League team. Like some of the players are just filler. You know, guys that can go up and down, young players obviously they can go up and down, two-way players can go up and down. The Warriors, the Golden State Warriors own the rights to them, but but the majority of the roster the Warriors don't own the rights to. So it is in a lot of ways a glorified showcase. I know the G League has their showcase event in in Vegas, I think, around the holidays, but it is players just kind of trying to go get theirs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some teams do... Regardless of the system. Some teams do have more of a symbiotic relationship between the two as as far as as system goes. I know know, Anthony Lamb was somebody that, that was... In the in basically, I think made his name by playing there and and was somebody that the Warriors thought, hey, he could be a system fit and, yeah. and be somebody that that could get in. But again, it's not it's not as cut and dry as hey, they're they're doing the exact same things. It it really can't be. Yeah, that's a great question though. But and- some teams do it that way more than others. Some teams don't. I remember that the Kings were basically having a like a glorified. Oh, they ran the system like the Grinnell College system. Yeah, like up there like in Reno. shoot a three every time. Yeah, like yeah. basically shoot a three every single time. Down. Like it just yeah. It's a great point you raised. I just heard a story during the All Star break. And I'm a little fuzzy on the details now, but somebody was telling a story about when Nick Nurse was coaching in the G League, and he was telling somebody. I think the player was telling the story, and they were breaking down how to defend a ball in a certain position, and the player was saying, "Coach." You, that that guy's gonna pass out of there. That's you don't want to trap there. And Nick Nurse said, "No, you don't understand. In this league, that guy's gonna shoot it because in the G League, he's not gonna pass it. He's gonna shoot it there. That's why we defend it differently. Because yeah, in the G League, guys are looking out for for theirs. I will say, and I think we all know this, Vince. When the Warriors send somebody down, one of their true players that they believe can be a prospect." They send them down to work on specific things that they know hopefully will translate to what they do in San Francisco. And a lot of times, and and look, Jordan Poole's the best example of somebody who went down, and he's unique in the sense that Jordan Poole is the kind of player where it benefits to go down and just get yours. Mm -hmm. But And so he had the most success, I think, of any of the players the Warriors have sent down because he is kind of that me-first going to score guard that can fill it up right. playing against lesser players. So he did that a couple of years ago and came back to the Warriors and looked like a different guy. Remember and so, Moody tore up the G League. Moody did tear, yeah. up, tear up the G League. So yeah. I, I think it's a matter of sometimes, and the Warriors did this with Wiseman at different points before they ultimately traded him. They A lot of times you just send down to go play against lesser competition to get yours and get confidence and just get reps from just running up and down the court mm-hmm. and that, that play you, basketball that yeah. you don't that you don't get and so I think for the most part like I don't I don't see a lack of 
a symbiotic system being an issue really with with any of that as far as the the development goes. I understand Vince's point, but the Warriors do the best with best with that as they can. Eight 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 nine five seven ninety five seventy. Let's go to Jacob in San Francisco. A couple of phone lines open. It's John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors this week here on a Saturday. What's going on, Jacob? Hey, no much, no much. I want, I want to um, ask you guys a question. What is a basketball player? What is a complete basketball player? Is it someone that has an all-around game that has a complete package? Because this day and age right now, the NBA league is soft. It's way soft. You got Michael Jordan as a complete package, the true champion that deserves that bag. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I think there are there are very few two way players in the NBA players that that are good defenders and and good you know or great offensive players. I think those have have dwindled. I think you know shooting an offense has just become based on some of the rules changes, but based on the fact that just offense is offense is easy mm-hmm. and cool and fun. Uh, you know, there's just there's more points than there've ever been at any point. Yeah, and a lot of that I think is is the three point shot. A lot of that is te- everybody wants to play fast and get more possessions. I think a lot of it is defense is just not at a premium. It's almost two different games. I feel like, and and I I can't remember who said this. It may have been Steve Kerr. It it, it may have been somebody else. It may may have even been Stan Van Gundy or Jeff Van Gundy at, on one of the and. and it comes up every year, and I, I kind of forget it. I, I, I've remembered it these last couple of years. But playoff basketball compared to, to the regular season now, it's like a different sport. It just it, it's, like a, it's like you watched when the playoffs start compared to what we see on a nightly basis watching the league. And, again, we referenced that Sacramento game, what ends up 176-175. Playoff basketball, the officials let more physicality go. It's more half-court. Everybody, it's more half-court. Teams ramp up the the defensive intensity level. It, there's just a try factor because it's the playoffs that isn't there on a night in night out basis because of the travel. And I, I think, frankly, a lot of the excuses that have been made as far as load management and everything's so hard, and it's the safe thing to do to keep everybody healthy. Like I, I think there's there's some built in excuses to not play hard or not play at all, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of these nights which have affected the regular season play. But yeah, the, it's a different sport when the playoffs start. It's almost you need regular season players and you need playoff type players, and yeah. they're not the same guys a lot of the time. My answer to Jacob's question would be, you know, it's always been that if you want to be a complete player, you have to be impactful one way or the other at both ends. Um, you you got to give me something at both ends of the floor. Now I think the way the game is played, I think it's really hard to be a complete player if you're not a. a decent to good outside shooter you know that's just the way that's so important yeah There's even such a the premium even defenders now, now it's yeah well, what do you want a three and d yeah you want a three it's not just a defender it's yeah. can you hit some threes yeah even a point guard you know it's like hey this guy gets you into your offense and he can get to the basket and he defend not a great shooter well in today's game if you want to be considered a complete player i think you got to be a decent to good three-point shooter because it's that much more a part of the game than it used to be all right one hour in the books we'll come back we'll reset uh, could the Warriors have a little something in Patrick Baldwin Jr.? Yeah. We'll get into that coming up next. It's Warriors this week here on a Saturday, 95-7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 